awesome. Good morning, everybody. Peace be with you. Ah, yeah, there we go. Okay, so I work at uh, Sojourn Montrose, and um, we do that every Sunday, so I didn't know if that was something we do here or not. Um, so yeah, just to introduce who I am, uh, my name is Chase Woodhouse. Uh, I am not from Houston. I'm from Dallas. Don't hate me. Um, and, uh, but I've lived in Houston for 10 years now and uh, been a part of the Sojourn Residency for about two months. And um, so I have a beautiful wife. She's taking our kids to childcare right now named Rachel. We've been married for eight years. And, um, and we have two kids. Uh, my four-year-old is Sayla. And then my two-year-old, Joy. Uh, Rachel's currently pregnant with our third. And so we're dealing with morning sickness, all-day sickness, the whole nine yards. So, um, but we're excited to be here. Um, <clears throat> we are going to plant, Lord willing, uh, very close to here. Um, our little geography will be uh, Hillcroft, 59, and Sam Houston Tollway. So we're going to make a nice little triangle, and if you know the area, you know it's very international, uh, very diverse, and, um, and so we hope to plant a multinational, multilingual, multi-ethnic sojourn southwest. I don't even know what I'm going to call it yet, but we'll figure out the name later, but we're going to plant a sojourn church, uh, Lord willing, in the area. Um, so yeah, Taylor called me at 1 o'clock yesterday. Uh, I was getting ready to host somebody, uh, you know, just getting things done around the house. And he's like, hey, do you want to preach? And my first thought is, well, absolutely. I love preaching. I haven't preached in a couple of years. So this is the first sermon in quite a while. So a lot of grace. Um, but he's like, do you, do you have a sermon ready? And I said, like, oh, yeah, I can look back and see if I have a sermon. And I looked back. I'm like, no, I don't really have anything. So, um, so last night after the guest left, I uh, spent a couple hours just like late in the evening kind of putting this together. So this is not how I would normally do a sermon and prep it. Um, but when I got the call from Taylor, I was actually on the way uh, to Walmart. And um, I really started to think about, okay, well, what can I preach I don't know this congregation. And that's why I love that y'all are elder-led. You've got Taylor, you've got Justin, you've got Nathaniel. Men who love the Lord, who also know you, know what you're going through, know your highs, your lows, your background, all of that. And I know nothing. And so it's, it's difficult to come to a congregation that you don't know and preach. Um, just in the sense of you want to preach to the people. You want to love the people. You want to care for the people. You want to give the word of the Lord in a way that, that encourages them and uplifts them. And, and it's very hard to do that when you don't know the people. But although I don't know you, I would like to get to know you, um, I do know what's going on in the world today. I do know what's been happening for the past couple of weeks. Um, prior to coming to Sojourn Houston, I worked at um, PLI, Prestige Learning Institute, so we've got some people in the back. And um, I got very close with a couple Afghan families. And so when the, uh, the, the Taliban took over two weeks ago, went into Kabul, um, it was a really devastating time for my family, uh, for our friends, because we had people that we knew and loved that were visiting family. Um, one, one went over to get married and flew out of Kabul the day the Taliban took over, and now uh, he 
I don't know if he'll ever see his wife, his new wife again. Um, and, and so on and on I could go. So you have that terrible situation happen in Afghanistan, and then you have the earthquake in Haiti, which was um, just as bad as the one in uh, 10 years ago. Uh, I don't believe the death toll was as catastrophic, but there was certainly a death toll. Um, and then you've got the situation where Hurricane Ida is hitting New Orleans right now. And I don't know if you know this, but this is the 16th anniversary to the day of Hurricane Katrina. And so another hurricane is coming in. Um, you, you can talk about the pandemic, right? And I'm not going to get into the political stuff of that, but like the reality is there is a pandemic. There are people dying, and that's happening all over the world today. Um, there, you know, you want to talk about political stuff. Our country, we are so divided, so on edge, so ready to snap at someone. And on and on I could go about what's happening in the world today. And then I was thinking about, okay, so this is all happening in the world. And, and though I don't know you, I do know that there's nothing new under the sun. And so I know that some of you are struggling right now. Some of you may have marriage on the rocks. Some of you, maybe your kids are going through a really hard time, and that's absolutely devastating. Some of you are concerned about losing your job. Some of you are concerned on and on I could go. And I know that in life, uh, it's like uh, that song, Is He Worthy? I sing that to my kids all the time. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. And that's what's happening in the world today. And so when I was thinking about this, this global situation and thinking about you, I said, okay, well, what can I preach that would cause us to lift our eyes up to the Lord? And, and I landed on Psalm 27. And so my goal today is to help us not to ignore, not to push aside, not to um, lay aside these troubles, but rather to seek the Lord, to look upon him, look upon what he's done for us, and then at the same time, wrestle with him, with what we're going through as we lift up our eyes to the Lord. Um, Psalms 27 is beautiful. I was like, again, really struggling, trying to find a passage yesterday, and um, the Lord was gracious and helped me to land on Psalm 27. So if you have your Bibles, you can open it. Um, I'm going to read it in sections. I know that's probably not what happens, um, but that's what we, I do. So we'll go from there. Psalm 27, verse 1. <clears throat> the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. So you see in the first three verses, verses two and three specifically, um, David is giving us a picture of what's kind of happening in his life, right? Verse two is supposed to give you this idea that, that like wild animals, his enemies are coming after him. They're seeking to devour him and, and to trip him up. And instead of them tripping up, I'm sorry, instead of David tripping up and being eaten, it is they who are tripped up. And though an army is surrounding him, though he has no way of escape, he remains confident. Why? And verse 1 is what the why he remains confident, the why they will stumble and fall. And specifically, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. 
and my stronghold. And I want to just briefly get into those words real quick. The Lord is his light. When you think about, I was thinking about this, like if we were to shut off all lights everywhere, I mean, it's hard to really imagine the, the, the darkness that we would be in, what that would feel like. But we literally could not do a single thing. You couldn't walk around without hitting someone. You couldn't find food. You couldn't do anything. And so um, what David is showing us is that the Lord is our light. He illuminates what is good and what is evil and tells us to go towards the good. He illuminates who he is. Um, He is warmth. Light is warm. It keeps us warm in the that snowpocalypse that we had back in February or whatever it was. And, um, and so the Lord is our light. And not only that, the Lord is our salvation, right? So the Lord is our deliverer. He's the one who redeems us, who pulls us out of our darkness and sets us into the kingdom of his son. Uh, and, and then the Lord is our strong tower. And I love this. Because notice it doesn't say the Lord places us into a strong tower as if God were building a building to set us apart in. No, he is our stronghold. He is our place of safety, not something that he builds. He himself is that. So why is David confident in the midst of such darkness around him because the Lord is his light, his salvation, and his stronghold. And then I was thinking about our culture. Um, in our culture, what we, um, when we think about God by and large, we think about God as someone who has created the world, orchestrated it, maybe kind of oversees the big stuff, but ultimately it's just out there and not someone that we are, that is intimately acquainted with what's going on. It's a very deist idea. But that creeps in to our lives as believers. We really do begin to see God as someone who's up there, who stays away from our troubles, who doesn't come into our life when we're in a hard time. And yet what David says, these words are so intimate. He is our light. He is our salvation. He is our stronghold. And I want to challenge us to, to wrestle with that. Because I know for myself, there's many times where I'll be going through something, and my first instinct is to try to fix it, to try to take care of it myself, to try to deal with whatever it is. Um, but what I'm missing out on is the opportunity to bring in the Lord who loves us, who cares for us, who is our salvation, who is our stronghold, who is our light. And so the reason why David is able to remain firm in such a hard situation is this. And then he goes on. Let's keep reading verses 4 through 6. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his, his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. 
And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Verse 4 is stunning. One thing I have asked, and I will seek to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. But the reason why he wants to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord is found in verse 5. Verse 5, he says, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon the rock. This is the gospel. The reason why, as believers, we long to see Jesus is because Jesus has come to save us. We rebelled against God, and yet God came. Jesus was born, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. And now the Holy Spirit has set us upon the rock who is Christ. He has delivered us into a new kingdom where we will no longer be entrapped by our enemies, but welcomed into his tent, Zion, his new city. And he has hid us in Christ. And if you notice, that's actually all in verse 5. He will hide me in his shelter. Christ is our shelter. He will conceal me in the cover of his tent. We will one day be in a glorious tent, a glorious tabernacle, a city where God will reign and we will live with him forever. And he will lift us high upon that rock. And the rock is Christ. This is the gospel. Why does David, why does he want to sit and stare at the beauty of God? It's because he has seen and tasted that the Lord has delivered him. He has set him upon the rock. And now, now he offers sacrifices with praise of joy. He sings and makes melody to the Lord. Brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ, this is your reality. You have an intimate relationship with a God who is not distant, a God who is not up there and aloof, but God who actually dwells within you, who cares about you, who has saved you, who has redeemed you, who has brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And for those of you that may not know Jesus, For those of you that are learning about Jesus, for those of you that maybe have said, I don't know about this Jesus guy. I don't know if I'm all in. This is who he is. He is good. And he offers you himself. Will you come, taste, and see, and believe in the one that God has sent, Jesus, the risen Lord. So this is the the beginning of the psalm. It's just Turn your eyes unto the Lord. Lift up your eyes. David is just praising God for who he is. And, and really, if you kind of ended the psalm here, it would be like, all right, man, that was awesome. That was beautiful. Amen. But then if you keep reading, you're going to see that God is so good to you. Because he doesn't just give you this psalm of, okay, praise me, which is, which is very good and very, very beautiful but actually shows us what it's like to really wrestle with God even when you're hoping in these things and yet life is hard. 
So let's read verses um, 7 through 12. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me. Answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. From me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path because of your enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me. They breathe out violence. Do you see the shift? David's gone from just praising the Lord for for who he is to wrestling with God, praising him still for who he is, right? Because he says, the Lord will take me in. Even though my father and mother have abandoned me, the Lord will take me in. But at the same time, he's saying, hey, don't turn me away. Are you you listening to me? I've got adversaries all around me. You have to come. How good is God that he would put this psalm in here for us? Because life is hard. We go through dark times, times where we don't even know where God is, and yet we do. We know that he resides in us. We know that he cares for us. We know he is our light shining down. And yet we're also like, where are you? I want to encourage you that if you are in a season right now, a dark night of the soul, where you are wrestling and you are hoping to see God, keep wrestling with him. Do not abandon him, for he will not abandon you. He will come as surely as the sun rises, the Lord comes. He always does. And I just, when I read this and I began thinking about it, just how comforting it was to know that the psalmist, David, the man who loved the Lord so much, could wrestle with doubts. Where are you, Lord? And then I want to close by reading verses 13 through 14. Uh, And let me say this too. I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to see the deliverance of the Lord and then a week later be like, hey man, are you coming through? Because this doesn't look very good. So um, we've fundraised for, I don't know, six years now. And when we first started off, it was a, you know, a huge task to fundraise your own income so that you can serve the Lord. And I remember, um, oh gosh, it was a daily battle. Okay, Lord, if you've called me here, you will provide, you are good, you hold everything, I can trust you. But then also like, hey, um, this is like really big, and I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if you can do this. And then what happened one time, and this was such a blessing for my wife and I, um, we got an email from um, someone we know, not some random person, but um, somewhat of a random person because we didn't think about asking uh, her and her husband for support. And they gave a large amount to us. And it was just like, wow, God has come. But then the next week, I'm back to wrestling again. 
And so this psalm is such a beautiful reminder that not that that's okay, it is okay and it's not okay, right? We want to have full trust in the Lord like the first six verses, but the reality is we, we won't. And what God wants is not for you to get yourself up to the first six verses on your own, but rather to simply come to him with all that you have and say, here I am, Lord, help. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right? And then look at verses 13 through 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. He summarizes this whole 12 verses or whatever. And you still, for me, I still hear that hint of I'm going to trust in him even though it's hard. I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Wait for the Lord. And so, Sojourn, I want to tell you to wait for the Lord. We will, those who are in Christ, those who have given their life to Jesus and said, I need you, we will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, the land that he is going to establish, the kingdom with no end, with no more hurricanes, with no more pandemic, with no more politics, he will deliver us into this land. Wait on the Lord. We will feast at the wedding feast of the Lamb. We will come to the kingdom and sit at a table kind of like this, but way better. And we will feast with Jesus. Wait for the Lord. We will hug Jesus. I really hope so. Don't you just want to hug? Right? Like, with everything going on in this world, does it not seem amazing to simply hug Jesus? Wait for the Lord because we will. We will hug him. And it's not going to be because you or I are good. It's not going to be because you and I have done X amount of things. It's not going to be because we have such a great house church or whatever it is. It's going to be because he has come. He has hid us in his shelter. He has lifted us high upon a rock, and he has taken our sins and given us redemption. Wait on the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the Lord. He will come, and it will be glorious. So as we, we're going to come to the table, and, and it's, it's good to remember what Jesus has done, his death and resurrection and his ascension, and his promise that just like he ascended, he will so come back. It's good to remember. But let us also come to the table with the sure holding, holding fast to this reality that we will feast in the house of Zion. Let this be a declaration that even though it's hard, that even though you don't know for sure how things are going to work out, that even if things don't work out the way you want to right now, we will feast. And it's only because of what God has done for us and has nothing to do with us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time with Sojourn Galleria. I thank you for each person that is here today. Father, I pray for those who might not know you yet. 
Father, I pray that they would see your goodness, that you are our light, our salvation, our stronghold, that you have delivered us and you have given everyone the opportunity to come to you. Father, I pray for the believers in here. I pray that we would hold fast. I pray that we would do good. I pray that we would seek you, rest in you, that we would have one desire like David does, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life and to gaze upon your beauty. Father, I pray that this would be our hearts. And Father, again, I thank you for this time in your word. Father, we pray over the situations happening globally. We pray for your relief. We pray for your deliverance. And we pray that salvation would come, that you would redeem all that has gone wrong. We wait for you, Lord, and we lift our eyes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.